Hey everybody, Noel here. I just wanted to apologize for the audio quality in both parts of our Sabrina episode. My side of the conversation was recorded at my father's apartment, which is a very large echoey studio with, as you can hear in the background, a very noisy air conditioner system that we couldn't really turn off. And there are also other people in the room with me at the time, so you occasionally hear them in the background. I cleaned it up as best as I could, but it's still there and I apologize for it. Anyways, I hope you enjoy the show. Warning, this episode contains spoilers, coarse language, and buy all of Cleveland, move it to Pittsburgh. If it's something that's really well done the first time, it's not broken, stop trying to smash it. I'm always intrigued to see what it is that people are going to do with something that's already been done before. I hate remakes. I love remakes. Welcome everybody to I Hate Love Remakes, episode 19, part 1. I am Noel, joining me as always is Evie. I named a yam Pam. It rhymed. Have you named a ham yam? No, I don't like ham. So you'll name a yam something that you don't like, but you won't name something that you don't like something that you do like? I named it Pam, not ham. Oh, Pam. I thought you said ham. No, that would be <laughs> stupid. Okay. You can't give a food the name of another food. That's why I was confused. That's just ridiculous. Well, have you named a Pam yam? No. Okay. I don't know any Pams. Well, if you met one, would you? Probably. Okay. Well, we have a very special guest today. Who is entirely confused by what just happened. <laughs> You're not the only one. Okay, that's good. It's me! <laughs> just go with it. Tori Joe, it's our first guest from overseas. Yay! I'm from the Europes. <laughs> the Europes. I love it. Well, I am from the Europes, plural, because for anyone listening who's confused by my accents, everyone is. I'm born in Norway. And I've been living in London for six and a half years now, which I don't understand. Since like two. So you've got a melding of the accents. Yeah, and when I first lived here, my uh, BFF from California was also living over here. So I spent a lot of time with her. And then whenever I spend time with her, my accent goes, Sorry, so cow. <laughs> and I've been over there plenty of times since she moved back with her husband. Well, it's a very lovely accent. It's a very wonderful combination. Thank you. Thank you. So hi, I'm Tori Joe. I've been on the Related Made of Fail podcasts in the past, talking about musicals, which is my number one mad interest, and I talk about some... Which is why we didn't have you on for one. Yeah, I don't know why you didn't. We should have, yeah. Yeah. Next time. Well, I'm sure that can be done. And I write about them in my blog, which is This Space Blank, which is me trying to be clever, and that's also a play of words on old Norwegian song. I'm updating bi-monthly at this point, because I am never home. And I can also be found on Twitter at MSStoryJoe if you're interested in musical theater. Well, Evie, you want to tell us what film we're covering today? No. Okay, fine. Um, <laughs> <we're>, <laughs> when am I ever agreeable about, oh, we're covering... Yeah, I was surprised. Like, Isn't this one of the films that you enjoy? <laughs> yes, but it means eventually I have to get to the remake, so... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> today we will be covering Sabrina from 1954 with Humphrey Bogart, Audrey Hepburn, and William Holden, who is so beautiful I'm saving myself for him. Despite the fact that I'm no longer a virgin and he is dead. That makes it harder, yes. Yeah. It's a film co-written and directed by Billy Wilder, one of the legends of the industry. I've only seen a handful of his movies, unfortunately. 
I think I've probably seen more than I realized. I've only seen Seven Year Rich, Some Like It Hot, The Apartment, and Fortune Cookie, and this. So it's only five films so far. You haven't seen Sunset Boulevard? <laughs> Not yet, no. Really? Oh. Devil Indemnity? Not yet, no. Oh, okay. No, I don't think I've seen any more of them than you, although I have seen Sunset Boulevard. That's one I want to see. I just haven't gone to it yet. This is really good. So Sabrina is based on a play called Sabrina Fair, written by Samuel Taylor, who also co-wrote the screenplay. He's probably most famous for writing Vertigo and Topaz for Alfred Hitchcock, and also worked on a few of his other films uncredited, like Torn Curtain. I did read the play in preparation for this, which is quite significantly different, but I'll save that for probably a little later in the second half when we get through the films. And the other screenwriter on the film is Ernest Lehman, who was like one of the top screenwriters of his day. I mean, Sabrina, King and I, Sweet Smell of Success, North by Northwest, West Side Story, Sound of Music. Big prominent name in the writing industry. I like Stalag 17. Oh, okay. That's what I have to say about that. <laughs> I love West Side Story. Mm. It is a pain for me that I was not born a man so that I can never play riff. Well, if they ever remake it, we'll have you on. They, they shouldn't. But wouldn't that be fun to watch the hip-hop dance competition version? Shut up. Okay, thank God you said it before I did. Shut up, Noel. No, <laughs> no just no one wants that, Noel. No one. Well, anyways, we should probably move into the film. Yeah. In the family mansion in upstate New York live the Larrabee brothers. David, a wild and party playboy, and Linus, a grounded businessman. Sabrina Fairchild, the teenage daughter of the family's chauffeur, has been hopelessly in love with David, but he never noticed her during his swings with woman after woman, and she tries to kill herself the night before leaving for schooling in Paris. She's saved by Linus and flies to Europe, where she studies cooking and learns about culture as she matures into a woman. She returns after graduating, and David is suddenly smitten. The problem is, he's engaged to the daughter of a man Linus is trying to settle a major business deal with. Linus gets David hung up with an injury and starts wooing Sabrina himself, taking her out on a number of dates. She gradually pulls him out of his business-driven stiffness, which challenges her affections for David. David suddenly gets better, but Sabrina chooses Linus, only for Linus to reveal it was all a lie. He was tricking Sabrina with the intent of sending her back to Paris alone, all to preserve the business deal. Sabrina decides to leave. Linus tries to send David after Sabrina, tearing down the business deal he was so eager to preserve, but David's figured out the situation and stays true to his engagement. Linus catches up to Sabrina on the cruise liner and they head to Paris together. Evie, do you recommend this movie? What do you think, Noel? No? Yes! God! Jesus! Seriously! This is... <sighs> William Holden! I am saving myself for him despite the fact that he is dead! Just, yes, no, clearly. Yeah, no, this is, it's Billy Wilder. It, it's just, okay, uh, it has, it's got Billy Wilder, who, for some reason, despite the fact that I don't think I adore as much of his work as I do, I actually do. And you've got the three main leads who you can't, like, back then, there would not have been a more perfect cast, except for maybe, like, I don't know, Jesus Christ was he around back then? It was a really long time ago, so. Yeah, I just slipped into Valley Girl. That was great. <laughs> yeah, no, this is my perfect movie. I love this movie with every fiber of my being. At some point, I will actually be able to recite the entire thing from memory. So, yes, I recommend this movie. Okay. Uh, Joe, do you recommend this movie? Oh, absolutely. I completely adore it. But then again, it's Audrey Hepburn, and 
do I could just look at a movie with her just standing still and maybe tilting her head every five seconds, you know, for a couple of hours. So just so in awe of her and the way she talks and the way she moves and the way she ever thinks, really. And I've been a fan of her since I was a little girl, which is very trendy these days. But I watched My Fair Lady like every Christmas because it used to be played on TV around Christmas when I grew up. I hadn't seen this in ages when I rewatched it last weekend and I liked it a lot more than I remembered. It was really, really enjoyable to have a really good excuse to pick it up again. So thanks, guys. Well, always glad to get someone back into a good movie. Mm. I also recommend this movie. As the other two stated, the cast is just wonderful. Audrey Hepburn is always a delight to watch. I haven't seen much of Humphrey Bogart or William Holden's work before, but this instantly made me fans of both, especially Holden. Because I did read the script before this, and that was a part so obviously written for Cary Grant, and yet Holden completely made it his own. I just, I, I love it. Billy Wilder is just one of the sharpest writers who's ever worked in the industry. He handles the relationships well. His jokes just have these great singers and the champagne glasses. I mean, come on. It's uh, Well, he needed them because he was watching a tennis match at night. And when the film needs to be dramatic, he does the drama beautifully. When it needs to be silly, he does the silly perfectly. When it needs to be a sharp satire, he makes it, he handles it perfectly. It's just, it's a really well put together movie. And I love the story. I love the characters. I love the cast. I love the way it's made. I love the way it's written. I love this movie. And this was my first time seeing it. So thank you for picking it, Evie. Damn straight. You're welcome. I would contend with you that the part of David was written for Cary Grant because... It read like Cary Grant. Okay, because Wilder had just worked the previous year on Stalag 17 with William Holden, so mm-hmm. I'm thinking he might have still had him in mind when doing He might that. have. It just, reading it reminded me so much of the Cary Grant movies from the 40s and 50s. The way the part was written, I'm not, I don't know entirely that it was, it just, it read like a Cary Grant role. Okay, because I'm just thinking Cary Grant would have probably been a bit too old to play the uh, character at that point. Maybe. I don't know. It just, it made me think of it. And, and when I watched it after reading it, William Poland was so unexpected. Mm-hmm. And he just made it his own and really owned that role. And I loved it. It makes me want to see more of his work. He's so good. I'm not even going to lie to you, Noel. He's so good. I think the only other film of his I've seen is The Wild Bunch, which is like a completely different thing. <laughs> okay, for Christmas this year, just be really, really surprised when what I do is I buy you a whole bunch of William Holden movies. Okay. Surprised. <laughs> surprised. So yes, I guess we're in open discussion now, so... I don't know if I've seen any of his other movies. Oh, well, Sunset Boulevard. Yeah. Okay. Am I the only one here who has seen Stalag 17? Really? I think so. Not familiar with it. Dad, have you ever shown me Stalag 17? Yeah, no, I don't think I've seen it. Oh, oh, I saw him in Damien the Omen 2, <laughs> where he was the lead. So, but anyways, on to the movie. Yes. I just, I just love, I love the construction of it. Mm-hmm. The only thing is that she didn't change as much from the beginning until when she came back that yeah. he didn't recognize her. I didn't believe at all, really. Yeah. Because she's so beautiful to begin with. She's so Audrey Hepburn to begin with and so Audrey yeah. Hepburn when she comes back. <laughs> I do wonder how much Sabrina has seen through that window. I think of it this way, where you have the ugly girl and all of a sudden you take down her ponytail and you take off her glasses and oh my god, she's beautiful, you guys. Lisa didn't sure. entirely do it that way. <laughs> yeah. I mean, she had a ponytail, but it was a very delightful ponytail. I think some of 
it too is just we didn't get to see her as much when she was Sabrina, the supposed little girl, yeah. or like you know the kid Sabrina that um, we didn't get to see much of the transition. Yeah, it's true. A few humorous bits, but those were more about look at the funny French chef teaching the class. Yeah, yeah. chef. And then we have the old guy saying, "Why do you wear your hair like a horse?" <laughs> the Baron. I, I did adore I him too. The Baron was lovely. I love when they're sitting around reading the letters from her, and they get to the Baron, yeah. and they're all thinking, "Oh, she hooked up with the Baron." Oh, by the way, he's 87 years old. Oh. <laughs> Actually, I wrote down something that he said uh, was, um, with my note, the Baron is adorable. He said, you young people, you are so old-fashionable. <laughs> yeah, I love the bits where they're sitting at home reading the letters. Like, yeah. oh, she says she hardly thinks about David anymore. Oh, that's good. She only thinks about him at night. Oh, that's bad. <laughs> yeah. I loved every scene in the kitchen. Yes. Yeah. There's a scene in the kitchen towards the end where everyone's talking about Sabrina. And the dad sitting there eating his breakfast, drinking his coffee, just repeatedly says, I don't like it. Yeah. <laughs> I like him already, the dad, but he has some really good faces. Yes. But the little that he says, he says a lot with his face. I love the bits where he's in the front of the car and he's like, what are your intentions with my daughter? <laughs> I love that he had to remind a guy that you're having me drive my, da- my daughter to yeah. date with you. Yeah, yeah. it's like, could I not do that? Because my daughter and I do like the fact that Linus is essentially like I didn't realize it Fairchild but you're a bit of a snob and he's just like medical old <laughs> everybody has a proper place you're in the back I'm in the front and there's a window in between I was a bit thrown by the mobile phone yeah he had two phones there on the rack and then, then he had the uh, the little audio, the, the recorder yeah the dictaphone I didn't know that they did that phones in cars I don't know that they, they did. did. They did. They ran on CB signals. Oh, okay. They ran on radio transmission signals. Oh, okay. So it's kind of like a ham radio. There were limits to where you could call. Mm. Or you would call to somewhere that would route it to somewhere else. So yeah. it was limited technology. Just that it existed for me. It was like, whoa, I had no idea. <laughs> it's much more believable technology than the uh, bulletproof and fireproof sugarcane plastic. Mm. Shut up. I went with that. I love how, look how it doesn't scorch while there's this big black market. <laughs> I like when they got everyone to stand on it. Yes, and they're just <laughs> bouncing up and down. And then I, love, I love the bit where they go and look in the window during the party at night. Here's Humphrey Bogart just bouncing up and down on a piece of plastic. And then later on, he's got other people on it. <laughs> Did he I like have everyone in this office standing on it at one point? Yeah. Yeah, he had a bunch of secretaries in to stand on it to show David how cool it is. I love the bit where he just whips out a gun and starts shooting it. <laughs> yeah, I have a note here that says, what the hell, gun? <laughs> the first time I saw it, I laughed so hard when I first saw it just because I thought it was the funniest thing. It's just like this random bit of absurdity, but they keep running with it. I think the fact, too, that I'm Polish and just go with some ridiculous things for some reason, just find, like, completely odd things funny. Also because I'm me, so that helps. Well, I think that says a lot about Billy Wilder in that he can handle this really wild range of tones. Mm -hmm. He can do really dramatic, he can do silly, he can do very light sarcasm, he can do romance. He -hmm. can do it all in the course of one movie and keep it consistent. Actually, if you go watch a lot of his movies, it's mm-hmm. like the, he does kind of run he the gauntlet. He takes the story wherever it needs to go, and he excels at taking it there. 
I will say one thing about the kitchen staff. It could have gotten really redundant and just really annoying. They played um, it just the right amount. Yeah, that's right. I'm like, I was actually really surprised. It could get to the point where it's just like, oh, dear God, why? But no, it's just the right amount that you don't get annoyed and it is funny and quite sweet. The plastic bit, too, is a bit that could have dragged on and on and on and on. And they could have done like a big climax scene about it. But by halfway through the film, you never see that plastic again. Yeah, well, the thing is, it's also the motive as to why. Right. Then it gets into the business deal behind it. Yeah. But the plastic itself has already been established, so they no longer need to play that joke. Exactly. This film kind of knows when to play things and when not to. Like, there's the whole scene where Linus finally reveals to her everything that's been going on, where they they set up this bit where she's going to go through the kitchen cabinet and cook a meal with these very limited ingredients. And, you know, (laughs) we had the entire setup that she went to cooking school, so she probably knows how to do that. Mm -hmm. But emotionally, that scene goes to a point where it would just be kind of pointless to carry it on to that point. So it's like a false setup. Mm. Yeah, it's just like you think she's going to make him dinner out of olives. And right. You think the cooking thing is like an entire setup just to that point, And then it reveals that, no, the cooking thing was... It yeah, was we're just, never going to see her cook this. Yeah, there really was no point to it other than that was just where she went and studied. Mm-hmm. Uh. And that actually fits her character of, you know, she's not going to be a cook. She isn't a chef. It was just something that she was sent to go and do by her dad because that's what the mom did, you know. Uh. And that's not her life anymore. That's just what she did in order to get to the point where she is. Can I just say that I was really, really disappointed by how it ended? Oh, just with him showing up and then... A hug! Hooking the umbrella and... Yeah, and a hug, yeah. Yeah, a but hug? you would have... She's been kissing the other guy for the entire movie and that would just get a hug? I wanted the movie star kiss. Yeah, yeah. With the leg But you already got that. Yeah. that, like, the first time. Yeah, that's interesting. That I think, isn't the only time that he kisses her that first time when he just kind of does it to her when she's expecting it to be David? Yeah. All in the family. Yeah. I'm like, that's when you get the kiss. That's a creepy line, too. It's all in the family. Mm. Yeah, it really is. But really it's Humphrey is. Bogart. I totally went with it because it's Humphrey Bogart. Or I, anyone I else. Mm. I've only seen Humphrey Bogart in, like, really dramatic roles, so it was kind of fun to see him play things light here. You know, bouncing on the plastic, there's that great bit where he's wearing his old Yale uniform. Mm-hmm. That looks awesome. That was so funny. Uh, <laughs> that. Oh, God. And the dad in the cupboard. I love the bit where he opens the closet and the dad is just standing there with smoke all around him. I thought it was your mother. <laughs> I love that. I, I, love I, the loved, dad. I loved the dad a lot because he was just so completely clueless the whole entire time. And uh, why doesn't anyone come to ask me about anything? Well, you can't even get an olive out of a glass. <laughs> I love when he smashes it, the jar and just like shoves it in. And just plops the, the olive in there, yeah. Yeah, be like, there, yeah. eat it. I was like, awesome. But I love the whole bit with the dad of, you know, first he tries to get it out with a spoon, then he tries his finger, then he goes over and pulls the paper clip off the other guy's stuff. And then, <laughs> yeah. then, then he just goes and pours the martini into the jar. <laughs> yeah, it was awesome. And then they follow that up with the second joke of he makes sure that next time he's there, he has a full jar of olives, but he yeah. puts it in his back pocket. And then they pay off that whole bit of the recurring joke of the sitting on it. Mm. And everything is just so perfectly set up in this movie. And some of the setups don't have payoffs, but they do it in a way that reveal that, no, those were setups that were never meant to have payoffs. Mm-hmm. In ways that kind of feel real. I love the way this movie was put together. Yeah. I love the way it establishes everything in the opening where it's like, you know, and they have someone for the indoor tennis court and the outdoor tennis court. And someone mm-hmm. to watch the boats and someone to watch the grounds. And then you cut to the family portrait and then pull back as they're standing in front of the family portrait, mirroring the family portrait. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
I really did like also the fact that Audrey Hepburn had really good chemistry with both Humphrey Bogart and William Holden because you get movies wherein it's very obvious who you want someone to be with because it's like, okay, well, she has about the chemistry of a teaspoon with this guy, so I want to be with this guy. Mm. Whereas with Sabrina, I'm like, um, I, I can go either way, you guys. And that the chemistry is very different between the two as well. Yeah, and the thing is, I lean more towards William Holden because, again, in love with him. So, <laughs> I'm like, I know it's wrong, but I don't care. I thoroughly believe that David was madly in love with her more than I, I did Linus, because I found Linus very difficult to read. I could never quite figure out what point he was actually falling in love with her. David, I felt more he was madly in lust with her. Yeah, I felt like David, they mentioned that he'd been married a couple of times, so I'm just like, no, he he's He's still repeating the in... same thing he does with every girl, too. Yeah, mm-hmm. it's like, he's probably in love with her, but he's in love with her, the sa- he's been in love like this before. In love with her in the way that, in a week, he'll be in love with someone else. Yeah. David is someone who keeps falling in love with people. <laughs> with Linus, it was more that he's sort of in love with her, but also at the same time, he's playing he's her, and you can't... business. Yeah, and you can't really figure out when he's playing her and when he's actually, you know, being genuine. Yeah. I quite like that, that. actually. Like, there's that whole bit of, you know, the woman who had him go stand on the ledge, and then when she brings up the ledge again from his reaction, you can just tell, oh, he made up that story. Really? I didn't get... Oh, yeah, that is the ledge. Yeah, of course, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Why didn't you jump? Well, I didn't want to upset the kids. No, I didn't get that because I got when he, she plays that record that his reaction to it was genuine. I don't think it will yeah. like th- there was something about that record that upset him. No, I know. But then he goes and does the story about, you know, going up on the ledge. And then when she points out the ledge and says, so was this the ledge? He like doesn't even know what she's talking about at first. Oh, yeah. And then he's like, oh, yeah, that's right. I told her that. That's kind of what made me think, OK, he was playing her with that one. I never thought that he was playing her so much as... Well, they played it ambiguous. So. Yeah, well, when she asked about the ledge, I don't think that the record ever had to do with a woman. I think it had to do with something else. Mm. And he just never told her what it was. Mm. I wanted to mention her pathetically melodramatic suicide attempt. Yeah, this is an impressive film in the 50s for depiction and discussion of suicides. Mm-hmm. In a somewhat lighthearted manner. Yeah, it's played for laughs, sort of, almost. Yeah, and I love how they, they keep cutting up to the dad as he's bouncing from the vibrations of the car. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and then she opens the window. It's like the air is getting thick, so okay, I'm going to let some air in. Yeah, I'm like, you're like the worst suicide attempt ever. And then yeah. I love how he's looking around for who's in the room, and she's just staring at him over the edge of the door, and then goes and hides under the car. I was just looking for a spark plug. I love that he also takes that as like, okay, well, next time don't do that. Like, he doesn't even question it. You can tell that he realizes what happened. Yeah. But he's still willing to let her go. Mm. It's like, hey, he saved her. You know, let's just let her deal with her stuff. It was an interesting scene, especially that they made it such a huge sequence of, like, turning on nine cars and filling up this entire room. And And she looks really young and really vulnerable. Yes. The uh, the suicide note. It felt like a young woman's suicide note because it was yeah. so overdramatic. And I was just like, don't invite David. He probably wouldn't even come. Yeah. And then she feeds her fish. Yeah. yeah. Here, here's the thing is that surprised me was there was a little bit that was cut out of the script was she had to sneak back into her dad's room to retrieve the note. Mm. Yeah. She's fine. She's OK. She's caught her wind. She goes into his room, grabs the note, and then she passes out. Mm. And then as soon as she hits the floor, he finally wakes up. It's like, what was that? 
What was that sound? <laughs> what was that? That's like about the only thing from the script that I don't think made it to screen. Mm. So yeah, but as it is in the film, that note might still be in there. <laughs> it's hidden under a shoe. I thought it slipped underneath the rug. No, I was there in the middle of the floor. But still, uh, okay. it's not a big deal. But yeah, I love the bit how she passes out, so he just carries her up the stairs, and she wakes up and is like, what happened? You passed out. Okay. Okie dokie. <laughs> I love the bit where she arrives back in town, and David picks her up, not recognizing her, and she's just mm-hmm. having so much fun with the fact that he's not recognizing her. <laughs> and the yeah. dog. The dog named David, yeah. the dog. Which, whatever happens to him at the end, we don't know. It doesn't matter. Right. They only needed him for that one joke. Yeah. And he is around later on. It's just at the end yeah. he's not, but it doesn't matter. I love when she tells him where she lives, and he's like, that's where I live. She's like, hi, neighbor. <laughs> I was just like... I love you, Audrey Hepburn. Oh, they're having so much fun with it. I love it. Mm -hmm. And the dress that she wears for the party is just so divine. Oh, my God. I love that Linus instantly recognizes her, but David didn't. Mm -hmm. Well, because it's David. Exactly. He doesn't notice anything outside the periphery. Yeah. Everyone was noticing her at that party. I mean, she was surrounded by guys by the time that David got there. Mm -hmm. Well, here's the thing about Audrey Hepburn is you know that every time she has to wear a dress in every film, she's going to look amazing. Yeah. I love the one that she had, like, this weird crown hat. Yes. When, when oh. she, the one where she she's had, spinning around on the chair. Yeah, I oh, love yeah, that. I have a note for that as well. It says, what the hell is on her head? But she makes it work. That's the thing. Yeah, yeah it's absurd, but it works. That was a close one, though. That only yeah. burns you Oh, uh, yeah, I'll admit that. But it's Audrey Hepburn, so she makes it work. Like, there, there's Even no in the later bit where she's just casually dressed in that black top and pants, you know, she still looks amazing. Mm. I will say, too, that because she used to be a ballerina before. Yeah, she does have this dance. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, especially when she's walking out, she has the dancer's posture, but you really do see it when she, yeah. in that one scene, she has oh, just like amazing that. posture. Yes. And the way that that whole scene, it's shot so beautifully when she's leaving. I'm like, oh, my God, it's so sad. With all the shadows and everything. And, and I it was really dusty in the room I was watching it in. I actually love that scene where she walks in and he turns on the light and she says no and he turns it back off. Mm-hmm. It's just nice little touches like that just really make the film. Even the bit where she can't go up to his office or she calls him from down below and he's like, okay, just go ahead and tell me everything you want to tell me. And then he sets the phone down and runs so he can get down before she's done. Yeah, I love that. It's like, whatever you need to say, just go ahead and say it now. Run downstairs. <laughs> what I want to know is by the end of the film, did they finally have some more bananas that day? Yes, they did. I know that was going to be killing you, so yes, they did. Okay. That actually um, made me think of an old song from Norway that was popular during the war, which is called There's a Boat Coming with Bananas, because bananas are really, really rare. Oh, yeah, I would imagine so. Yeah. Well, everything was really rare, but particularly stuff like that more exotic fruit. I mean, if you go to cabaret, it's pineapple. I love how they kind of use this old song from the 1930s to kind of date him mm-hmm. and kind of show the age difference, but she's still really enjoying it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I love the way that he's like, no, no, it's not all that just you were away for so long. Because he had the line earlier when he was wearing the Yale uniform about how he was going to bring his old records from college days. Yeah, and he's Joe College with a touch of arthritis, so... <laughs> Well, you don't really get a feel for how old Sabrina is supposed to be. So it's like, well, yes, she was she's... 18 when she left. And really? she's supposed to be about like, I think she was there for two like years. Two, two years. Two years. So she would be 20. Okay. 
Yeah. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I never got a feel that she was 18 when she left. So okay. Well, it was he was going to college. It was post high school years. So. Well, uh, no, it wasn't college. It was a cooking school. You can go. Well, like, but it was still post Blue. high school. Yeah, but I mean, you can go to Blue when you're 25 or 50. That's true. But I get the impression that in the opening, she was in her late teens, and then when she came back, she was in her early 20s. Oh, okay. Because yeah, I didn't get that. I couldn't get a read on how she's supposed to be. I then got the impression that David was about late 20s or. 30s because I think they said when she was eight he was 15 or something or maybe that was the remake I'm trying to remember but then and then Linus was in his 40s okay so you don't know either good to know no <laughs> I know from the play but they changed like almost everything from the play so usually this would bother me in a movie but the lack you get just enough of the fiance to get to not hate her we don't really have a feel for it. it's like we don't hate her we don't like her she's just, just such a non-presence yeah, but she's there enough that we do understand that there is someone else in the picture who does actually care for David. Yeah. Yeah. I think, yeah, you get more interaction with the parents who are setting up the deal. Yeah. Uh, I just remembered something else about the plastic. How Linus had something specifically made for David, the plastic hammock. With the <laughs> That's right. I love that hammock. Yes. Yeah. I love it when he laughs and he just goes straight through. Yeah. <laughs> I love the big padding that he has on his bottom. Yeah. <laughs> And then I love how he has to walk over to the hammock with ski poles. Mm-hmm. He like grabs these two ski poles and is using them to help him walk over. That was just <laughs> such a random ski touch. Over there. <laughs> yeah, I, I was at the factory today. I just had them run this up real quick. It's, I just love little throwaway things like that. Yeah. Oh, and that what leads to my uh, favorite line, which is he sat on the glasses that he had in his pockets. It's like, why did you have glass? It's like because he was going to watch it the night that the um, the the. I'm, I'm not even doing it justice because I can't properly word it, but that's when you get that great smile out of Humphrey Bogart because he never smiles or he rarely mm-hmm. smiles. So when you get a smile out of him, it's like an event. But um, That's what I love is how they set it up. If he saw David putting the glasses in there, so he yeah. totally knew he was going to be forcing his brother to do that. Yeah, it's not the I, first time he's seen it is what I'm thinking. You even as he's putting the glasses back there, you see Humphrey Bogart walk by in the background and stop and look. Yeah, that's actually what I really, really love is the fact that when he goes, David, sit down. And he does, and it's just like, you knew, dude, you knew. Yes. I usually, every time I watch the movie, I forget for a moment that David has them in the back pocket and that he knows that he has them in the back pocket. And then he sits down, and I'm like, you knew. Yes, and then I love the scene where he's getting the glass plunked out by the doctor. Oh, yes. And he's like wincing in pain, and he's like, oh, what are you doing with the pain? This area's been completely anesthetized. It's not that, it's the song. (laughs) I forgot about that. Where did they get the doctor from? There's probably a oh, and I love the doctor. Like, how do we know we're going to get all the pieces out? Well, we'll just have to reconstruct the glasses. <laughs> <laughs> well, that is what you would usually do with something Yeah, like- well, I mean, nowadays you can just do a quick little yeah. CAT scan or something or an ultrasound to make sure it's all out. But, yeah, but then, but, yeah, because yeah. it wouldn't show up on an x-ray. Just the fact that when he's explaining to the fiancé why he had glasses in his back pocket and the, well, he needed the glasses to see the tennis game. Yeah. <laughs> And he laughed at his own joke, but I laughed even harder <laughs> because it's so funny. I didn't get that joke until you just said it now. Really? <laughs> that was that's a good like, joke. Yeah, because he goes, that's why he needed the glasses. And that's when da- he gets that really big, because David, for a minute, he's just like, huh? And then he just laughs so hard and he goes right through the hammock. <laughs> and that's a great laugh from William Holden, too. It is, yes. I see why you love William Holden. God, was he good in this movie? 
was not my time. I mean, he was such a playboy, but I love at the end that he actually himself puts together the pieces of what's going on. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then is like, okay, she's in love with you, you're in love with her. Let's get the two of you together. I do like the fact, too, that the David character could come across as an asshole. Yeah. Yeah. But he doesn't because I'm like, I, he's like I, the asshole that you love because he kind of can't help being an asshole. Yeah. It's just like, well, that's just David. You can't. Yeah. You, yeah that's actually what I really, really love. Cause I'm like any other, I'm it's like, not I that he's a bad guy. He just doesn't have any sense of responsibility. And the thing is that sometimes partially falls on, I think everyone around him is just kind of let him get away with that because it's David. I love how in the end they both get to deck each other. Mm hmm. I love the big pratfall that David does head over heels on the yeah, table. Exactly. But I love how David's basically like, dude, you just completely crossed me. You just completely screwed me, dude. Punches him. And then he's like, okay, I realize now that he did it because he's genuinely falling in love with her. So fine. I'll let him, I'll turn the tables on him and have him prove that he loves her by hitting me. It's like, say I told you I loved her. I'm like, yay. <laughs> I love this random joke of when uh, Linus is going to tell the board that he's going to close the deal. He has his secretary get a big jar of smelling salts. <laughs> I love that. And he's that. like, no, no, don't open it yet. Don't open it. Okay, now you can open it. <laughs> and then I love how in the end, yeah, while they, while they do end it on a hug, I do love the bit of instead of just showing up, he uh, has a, a valet bring her the hat to, uh, can you please fix the brim of this hat? Yeah. Also, her exit from his office was very classy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I love the way they did this kind of recurring image of that sliding door. That was a damn cool door. I'm like, they created that great exit. You had that great bit where he just shuts the door on David's face. It's just, that's a cool office, too. Mm-hmm. He had all the things. I'm just imagining what David's would look like because it's got a putting green. I'm like, what? I want that office. You don't even <laughs> see it. You just imagine it's like this cool office but with a putting green, so it's even cooler. <laughs> so anything else we want to bring up, or...? I've exhausted all my notes. Okay, Evie, you got um, anything else, or we want to just kind of wrap it up? If zombie William Holden were ever to rise from the grave, <laughs> I would let him bite me and turn me into a zombie. Or were he just, you know, not zombie-eating flesh William Holden, but just risen from the grave, walking around, rotting William Holden, I would marry him because I adore him so much. I think we got that. Duly noted. I just, I feel the need to, like, you know, nail the point home, as it were, repeatedly. Okay. We can do uh. a version of Warm Bodies starring William Holden. Yeah, we can. I don't even know what that is. I don't care. I'm just thinking about William Holden. I'm just I'll shutting my mouth. I'm saving that one for another podcast. Final thoughts on the 1954 Sabrina. Good movie. Love, love, love. I love you, William Holden, zombie. It's a great movie, and everyone should check it out. Yes, I and if you have Audrey Hepburn, and I want to be you. Me too. Mm, I think everyone does. And I want and your dress and Aud- cute little nose. And that pretty, pretty hat that she has in Breakfast at Tiffany's, and the tiara that she has in Breakfast at Tiffany's. And uh, I want to reenact that entire opening scene of Breakfast at Tiffany's. I think you love Breakfast at Tiffany's. I'm all about my fair lady. Uh, actually, I... I'm charade. I actually really like charade, and Breakfast at Tiffany's is not my favorite one of all the movies that she did. It's probably a tie between charade and Sabrina. I like uh-huh. Roman Holiday, too. I'm okay with Roman Holiday. It's not her best work. I think the costumes are really cute, but... She... Eddie Albert is awesome in it. Thank you for not saying funny face. 
I don't like funny face. I like it. I've never seen it. I like it. the dancing she does in funny face. I've seen oh, that yes. number, but I haven't seen the rest of the movie. It's yeah, it's insulting. It's, I'm a very intelligent woman interested in politics. Oh, oh, a man likes me? Oh, I'll just be a model for you then if that's what you want. <laughs> yeah. That's the whole movie. Yeah, essentially, yeah. Well, I think this brings us to the end of part one of Sabrina. Oh, this is going to get interesting now. <laughs> we'll be back here with part two and well, whenever I get part two edited. So, <laughs> good night, Evie. I sneezed on my hand. Good night. Night, night. To read show notes for this and every one of our episodes, please visit IHateLoveRemakes.com. The comment sections are open, so let us know what you think about the films discussed. I Hate Love Remakes is in no way affiliated with the copyright holders of the films discussed. All rights are reserved and no infringement is intended. I Hate Love Remakes is a Made of Fail production. Madeoffail.net. We were unpopular before it was cool.